Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second episode of season one of the Oaks podcast. My name is Eric and I'm one of the pastors here at the Oaks Community Church in Middletown, Ohio. And today we're going to be addressing some questions about friendship. Uh, friendship in the context of marriage and in the context of being single. Uh, and today I have with me Pastor Brandon Bochner and his wife, Caitlin. This person wrote in, I love my spouse and have a close relationship with them, but I still desire same-sex friendships. The problem is that my marriage and kids and work make it hard to have meaningful relationships outside of my family. How do I cultivate close friendships outside of my marriage and family? Yeah, I think a lot of the reason why it works for us is because it's on our calendars every week. And there might be weeks where we can't meet with our triad or can't be at community group, but it's on the calendar so frequently that most times overall the pattern is we're able to go to those meetings and spend time with those friends. And over the years that just becomes your community and your friendship. And that's something in our marriage we've just decided to commit to and support each other in, even if it means like just recently I wasn't, or Brandon wasn't feeling that well and I had triad scheduled, but he pushed through so that I could get out the door and go to triad, even though he had been kind of sick all day, but it was like, that was my chance to have conversation and friendship outside of the home that mm -hmm. week. So he, he kind of laid down his own comfort for that, for me to get out for a couple hours. And over the course of years, that creates those mm -hmm. cultivated friendships, I think. It's also an excellent question. Uh, speaking of inventory, like I have to take a self inventory, even of my heart too, and my motivation for the friendships. And I'm not saying that this, the person who asked this question necessarily has a a, like a bad motive. Yeah. Like a negative or a bad motive, um, for friendships. But for me, it's so easy as a people pleaser and someone that has real like insecurity issues and like my person and that underlying emotion of shame. Like I always want, I, I gravitate toward not feeling accepted and loved. So it's important that I like struggle and claw my way to feel uh, important mm. and loved. And one way to do that obviously is put a lot of people around you. And sometimes, yeah, it can get so harmful and like spin out of control. It's a, it's obviously on surface, a great question. Mm -hmm. And like, well, I'm just trying to have friendships outside of, of marriage. It's important. The Bible speaks into that. However, um, like, I know me personally, too many friendships is kind of like a red flag for me. Okay. And Caitlin would probably bring that to my attention too. Like, how are we, why are you so interested in spending so much time pouring into other people when you've got this, you know, you've got me, you've got your relationship with the Lord, you've got your relationship with the kids. Right. So like what I hear you saying is when you're trying to, uh, get a sense of identity mm -hmm. from those other relationships, mm -hmm. that's potentially a problem versus like what you were talking about, Caitlin, of like, no, I have these other relationships, not that I go to for identity, but because there's uh, accountability, there's right. uh, and mutual encouragement. Um, mm -hmm. So, so I mean, you're talking, you're, you're examining the motives behind mm -hmm. the, the reason why you're seeking out those relationships in the first place. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of the scripture that people can think about when they're looking at those motives 
Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So that's one of those primary why we do triad or accountability or whatever word you want to use for it. Um, that's just one of those, you know, there is strength in that regular meeting with people and having that time together and people who, who know you in and out and your good times and your bad times. And I think um, the transition to having kids was really hard on me in terms of my social life. Brandon is much more of an extrovert than me. And I, I like to be social, but I also like my downtime. So it was much easier for me to just, I'll stay home with the kids, I'll stay home with the kids. And over time, that pattern was not super healthy for me. So I think we had to figure out and communicate. I had to express my desire to have more friendships and spend more time with people. And there's been seasons where that just hasn't been realistic when you have a new baby. And, you know, I think it's important for people to be reminded of that, that there's seasons and times when this is going to be successful and other times when it's something you do kind of have to lay down for a little while and hopefully can pick back up when you over time express that to your spouse and let them know that that's your desire. And it has been kind of a point of contention in our marriage at times, just because I have had how how it plays out, like Caitlin's saying, she may stay home and she may see me going and hanging out with with people to get like a drink or dinner or coffee. And it gets hard because if she has that desire and we're not communicating, I mean, that it kind of gets swept under the rug and those those feelings and those emotions get bottled up. And so talking about this question, especially with your spouse and communication, I would say is definitely key. Because um, there, there are times where I've come home from things and Caitlin's upset because of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that I've spent away and I'm neglecting the family without communicating before I step into those things and just assuming that it's the right thing to do or it's okay to do it. Yeah, I think, and we've talked through it some before this, but sometimes it can miscommunicate to me that he doesn't want to spend time with me right. because he's pursuing these other friendships. And I think once I once we kind of air that out, it's very clear he would actually love to spend time with me and didn't know that was my interest or my desire. So it can be a matter of why don't you stay home and we can watch a show together or read a book together, you know, to spend time together instead of adding something to our social calendar. And that's been helpful for us, especially in the season with young children. Yeah, well, that's helpful. I mean, just because it, you know, friendships are a good thing, but just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's the right thing. Like in the moment, you have a priority uh, to your family first and foremost. Correct. Yeah. And uh, we believe, and the Bible speaks to certainly, that our marriage should be our closest friendship. And like communicating what you were saying, what does it communicate when I spend time with other people to you? Um, regardless what I think it does, if it communicates to you that I'm not there for you or that you're not the most important thing, then what I'm doing is is essentially not, you know, not helpful and sinful to you because we're not communicating that um, with you. And so there's a, we both believe that the Bible speaks to the importance of us being best friends and cultivating that. And so certainly a lot of wisdom and a lot of restraint and a lot of maturity and, and being able to say, have the desire to be friends, good friends with people outside of marriage. However, it might not be my, my call now. Mm-hmm. It might not be wise. Okay. 
Let's change the question a little bit because so, you know, the question says, I love my spouse. I have a close relationship with them. So let's take this at face value. You know, they have a good relationship with their spouse, Mm -hmm. but they still desire to have friendships uh, outside of the marriage context. They say the problem is that marriage and kids and work make it hard to have meaningful relationships outside of my family. So this is somebody who's, who's saying, you know, I have a good relationship with my spouse, but life is is busy. There's not a lot of margins, mm-hmm. but they're clearly struggling with this sense of loneliness of work and family is like all I all I have right now, you know, and it is a season. But, you know, how, how would you you know, what would you say to that person that's expressing to you this sense of loneliness? You know, like, okay, yeah, I get that it's a season. What do I do with my loneliness in mm-hmm. this season? How do I walk through that? That's a great question. Sometimes it's, you do have to grieve that loss of friendships in your life. I mean, maybe your your circumstance is so busy or, you know, you have um, commitments at home or like illness or just your, your job circumstance, something that's so busy and so hard that there really is very little space or time for that, even though you desire it. And I think there's um, a call to acknowledge that God has put that in your life and you can cry out to him and be sad and mourn and express that to your spouse and even express it to friends when you have that chance. But so I think not to just brush it over with, this is how you solve it. This is how you put it in your calendar. Yes, there's wisdom and discipline and planning for it. But I think there's also an important time to look at saying this this just isn't realistic in my life right now this is what god has called me to how can i step into that and grieve that it's sad that i can't have these friendships and something we've done that i think is good for us and for friendships is to just have a family over for dinner and it, you know it's not me and my friend or brandon and his friend it's all of us and our kids and you know if they have kids and it's just a nice time to commune together and break bread and spend time together. So I think that's another, there's just different strategies, even if it's meeting a family at a park or meeting a friend. I mean, there's different ways to have those friendships, even in this season that it might look really different than what it looked like in your twenties or in your Mm. teens, but it doesn't make it bad. In some ways it's better. Yeah. That's helpful. Maybe like just creatively rethinking what, uh, navigating that friendship might look like. So instead of it being, I'm going out for drinks with a friend on a Thursday night, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, no, I'm staying home with my kids, but why don't you come over and and hang out with us while while we have dinner or something like that. Exactly. The the first question was obviously about same-sex friendships. You know, it's like you're married, but Brandon, you got guy friends, you know, Caitlin, you've got other female friends. But this next question is, what are your opinions on men and women friendships, can people of the opposite sex be best friends? What about if they're married to other people and what boundaries should be in place? So let's assume the question at first then is assuming that the two of the opposite sex, man and woman are not married. Okay. And I would say, yeah, absolutely. A man and woman can be best friends actually you know, man was designed to be with woman and woman was designed to be with man. So there's, to seek out a best friend in the opposite sex, I would say is not only a good thing, but like a natural thing and an okay thing. Mm -hmm. And um, you really want your best friend to be of the opposite sex. And we, we touched on it in the earlier question, but you want your spouse to be your best friend. So in this relationship, you've got to have, I mean, it's wise to have this, 
underlying like this is this is somebody that I could you know spend the rest of my life with what if it's not someone that you're intending to spend your life with would it still be wise to be a best friend that's a good question um <laughs> so Caitlin's here put me on the spot so no, so no, two I, so we're assuming then two single people <laughs> right yeah uh and neither one of them neither one of them are interested in marriage or yeah. one or both of them are not interested in marriage but there's a friendship that's there yeah. you know like how how close i guess is appropriate yeah right? i would still advocate the fact that you could get close to that person i think if there's two singles and they're they're becoming best friends sooner or later they're going to they're going to be dating and sooner or later it's going to you know click for them to be married and maybe it comes to one of them much quicker than the other but i think that's the road that they're kind of going down i guess if they were adamantly opposed to marriage then i would like maybe pause a little bit but it would take a lot for two people to be like best friends in in the context of uh being Christians and adamantly opposed to being married. So, yeah, I mean, that would almost highlight like a whole nother issue. It's like, right, okay, exactly. if, you're, if you're attracted to this person deeply as a friend yeah. <laughs> and yet you're not wanting to step into any sort of like committed relationship long-term with this person, like what's going on in your heart in right. the first place where you're like, you know, yeah. or, you know, it's like maybe, maybe this person is, is uh, redefining what's important in marriage. You know, right. maybe for them, they're just looking purely 100% from a sexual attraction standpoint. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like they have this close friendship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, well, that's not important in marriage. And so I'm not going to pursue marriage with this person, even though they're a close friend. But this over here, sexual attraction is. And so that's may, maybe where you have a whole different conversation with that person of helping them understand yeah. that friendship is very important in marriage. And maybe they need to reconsider. Yeah. Right. And. Keller makes like some great points to that and uh, some of his stuff in the meaning of marriage. He talks about how quickly in looking for a spouse, we should be looking for a best friend and how quickly, like say a lineup of 10 people, we take seven of them out because they don't meet our, you know, physical attractive criteria, which I've been dialoguing with a couple of my close friends uh, about. And it's, it's an awesome discussion to have, but I wonder how much culture defines what is beautiful and and we are designed to to have that desire in ourselves to be attracted to the other spouse but it should create a little pause and and to think about like how much does culture define what is beautiful for us Uh, that's just that's a complete side point no i think that's super helpful right it's like the attraction factor is a spoke on the wheel yeah, but absolutely. it's but it's not the wheel, and I think our Correct. culture is trying to <clears throat> tries to make it more than it is, and it's mm-hmm. like no, this is just one facet, one one aspect of the relationship. Uh, there's other spokes on the wheel, like <laughs> like friendship. Yeah, if two people are not interested in marriage but are dating, uh, or best friends, who are yeah, who are really good friends, I think over time one of those persons could you know, move toward that, that feeling of call to, to be married. Just like I think of when our first three years of marriage, we didn't really think we were ready to have kids or talking about having kids. And then one morning Caitlin woke up and she was ready to have kids. And uh, that's how it seemed to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess it was over a couple days for Caitlin. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I still, I, I don't, I was not 100% sold out on it, but that didn't mean it was like unwise for us to, to have kids. So I think over time, for sure, if you're both dating and neither one of you is maybe thinking immediately about marriage, but your best friends, I think it's okay. I think over time that that's going to work itself out. Now let's transition then um, to being friends or even best friends if they're married. What is, you know, um, the question says here, what boundaries should be in place? Are you, you know? saying they are best friends out of, well, of marriage? Well, let's let, well, yeah, let's address that first. Is it, right. is it even okay for, for there to be uh, opposite sex friendships when you're both married to other people? Like, is the friendship in and of itself appropriate? Um, is best, you know, like, let, before we even get to the idea of best friends, right. let's just talk about, like, you know, just friendship in general. Is it appropriate? And if so, like, what does the appropriateness look like? And when does it become inappropriate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think opposite sex friendships, even if you're married, there's value to them. And I think... You know, in our culture, we need to see successful friendships of the opposite sex that are like brother and sister in Christ friendships. And I think, well, I think we should not be afraid of opposite sex friendships. I think there is a lot of value in them and we should treat them with a lot of respect and a lot of transparency. We've both over the years have had friendships that were with people of the opposite sex, but I don't think we've gone so far as to have best friends. And I think if the question is, can I have a best friend that's not my spouse? I would say my prayer and my hope for you is that your spouse would be your best friend. Hmm. I think that would be um, something to really consider and pray for and hope for and consider um, maybe adjusting what that friendship looks like so that you can pursue that best friendship with your spouse. And what boundaries <laughs> would you guys, you know, give to a person? So, yeah, that's a, so we do have, that's probably a lot easier question for us to answer just because we know what boundaries we have. So I'm gone a lot for work and it's changed and morphed over the years through successes and failures. Some of it's trial and error and just, yeah, having those conversations and it can be awkward and it can be acknowledging that, you know, there was a temptation or there was a failure and that can be really hard, but to keep going down that path to avoid the awkward conversation, I think is unwise. So even if right now you're listening to this and you find yourself like, well, I'm on this path and I, you know, I'm close with this person or I don't have this boundary in place and I'm feeling guilty, but I don't want to have the awkward conversation to reverse that. I would just hope that you would um, reconsider because I think there's a lot of value and we've grown a lot together by having those awkward conversations and they are awkward. I mean, sometimes it hurts my feelings or hurts Brandon's feelings or mm -hmm. makes him give up something that, or me give up something that seemed good at the time. But, mm -hmm. um, in the long term for your marriage, I think it is very beneficial. 
And I'm just trying to think about some other boundaries. I think like Brandon was saying, having open communications. So, I mean, any communication I would have with a male, he would have access to. I mean, he might not read, he doesn't read all my emails or my texts, but my email is logged into on our computer. He could see it. I know he might open it at any time or see my phone at any time. So there's just not even really the opportunity for secrecy with those things. And I think that's helpful for us. Um, And I know these things are going to look different in every relationship. So I don't think any of it should be Mm -hmm. heard as a prescription, but just kind of some thoughts to bounce around and maybe ask some friends what their boundaries might be as well. And I will say just putting the boundaries Having the boundaries in place now for a while has skyrocketed our trust or your trust with me and our intimacy in our marriage and our friendship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some of my friendships with guys are with friends of Brandon's. And so that's kind of a safe scenario generally for us is that if he has a good friend, that friend can also be a friend to me because they have a trust together. And I'm not going to spend time alone with them, but I might answer their phone call even if Brandon's not in the house because I know that person and I know they're calling with good intentions. Maybe they need to power, borrow a power tool or something. I mean, it's it's nothing shady. And if it ever felt that way, then I think then we have that conversation and adjust that that boundary again. And, you know, there's other friends or I guess just acquaintances who I might not take their call because, you know, for whatever reason my hairs get prickly when they're around and I'm like, I don't know if I trust that person. So I think that's okay too. I think you just have to evaluate each person as an individual. And if you, if you have concerns, talk about it with your spouse and figure out what's right for you. And do it together because Caitlin's hair will like stand up quicker on her arms than mine will. So if somebody called me like one of her friends and Hey, I need this and this and this, I'd probably be like zero filter, like sure. And not think of the implications. Yeah. <laughs> as much as Caitlin would. So you, you're, you're a, you know, of one, like mm-hmm. when you're married. So not necessarily what you think is right, but what your, where your spouse thinks is right and is comfortable with is important. Mm-hmm. I think one of our favorite go-tos is if one person in the marriage thinks something's a problem than it is. And that's a Keller quote that we both, upon first hearing it, it's, it's hard to hear because it's really, it's more convenient to think your spouse is wrong and you're right. But when you dive into it and you realize um, if my spouse thinks this is wrong and I don't, it's, it's still probably wrong because it's hurting my spouse. And so being willing to sacrifice that um, friendship or alter it drastically to prioritize your spouse, I think is... Uh, super important. It might be hard and it might hurt a little bit, but I think that would pay off in the long run. And even if it doesn't, I think it's it's your call as a spouse to lay that down and, and adjust your friendship outside of marriage to really honor your spouse and their feelings and, and what their thoughts are on that friendship. And mm-hmm. an alternate, I guess, would be to bring that person into your marriage more, like if your spouse is willing you know, let's let's have this friend over for dinner and have you get to know them and feel comfortable with them and kind of making it more of a, a unified approach instead of a, this is my friend on the side and I'm married. It's, you know, we're, as a couple, we're friends with this person and we're going to choose to spend time with them and get to know them. And if you're still not comfortable, then I'm comfortable changing mm-hmm. that friendship or ending it. Mm-hmm. And a pushback, I can see, and a great point that people are going to make is the fact that, 
well, I hear you guys and I know it's important, but this other friend is like, we're just connecting on this like deeper level, this fantastic level. My spouse and I have never had anything like this. And Stanley Hauerwas says that you never marry the right person. In marriage, you may connect for a season and then not connect. But I would propose too, if, if you're feeling a strong friendship with with someone else where you're connecting on this deep level that you've never connected with your spouse, I would say that one, then you've got potential to connect with your spouse in that way. It might not be tomorrow, but you have the emotional and, and spiritual capacity to be with someone at that, at that deep level. And so then the question just turns into, do you see marriage as a covenant? Is it your promise to be with that person? Um, and you know as Jesus hung on the cross for us we were not lovely and we were not lovable and yet he stayed and so the gospel for sure speaks into that it doesn't make it easy but that's the beauty Once again, thanks for tuning in to the Oaks Podcast, and if you've made it this far and you have some questions or concerns or want to email us directly, we want to provide you with the opportunity to do that. So you can email us at info at theoakscommunitychurch.org. Again, that's info at theoakscommunitychurch.org, and thanks for listening.